a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said, to me, he said you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, Pastor Fleming. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunched. <laughs> So, uh, if you guys would put Mega the Mega Crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. Just when you thought you were starting to have a good day, this is Table Talk That's right. Radio. Interrupting good days all across the world. <laughs> well, yeah. Countries. In fact, I think we've been, now that we've been checking our you know hits and stuff, the seven, trying to track down the 17 listeners, you know, to write him a handwritten thank you note, and finding out that everybody is from everywhere in the world. It's crazy. we got all these international listeners. Like where? Uh, well, I've got to, maybe let me pull up some email here, and I can tell you. How come this isn't working? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Trello, unresponsive. What? Never happened before. You know what the best thing about comedy is? Timing. <laughs> Dang it. You were supposed to say what, and I was going to interrupt and say, let's try that again. Could we? You know what the best thing about comedy is? Timing. Whoa. Ah. Oh, man. <laughs> that totally caught me off guard. Okay. Well, I can't open do... up the Trello. This is, you're in charge today, apparently. Finally. You're running the show over there. Finally. My life's aspiration to be in charge of this show. Put that on my resume. Well, we're going to do, I don't know what we're doing exactly today, but I know that we're going to be doing some Ten Commandments in the news because I found some articles that I wanted to talk about, so I threw it up there on Trello, which apparently crashed your side of things. But mm. uh, we're going to be doing some Ten Commandments in the news, talking about, I don't know if you heard about this, like no one's talking about this, but um, there's coming up and probably will have passed uh, when this airs. Uh, there's an eclipse coming now. No one, oh, yeah, no one is talking about that. So we thought we should, and, and that is to say, if there's this, a song about the eclipse, right? If this world still exists, they'll Total hear the show afterwards. Of the heart. <laughs> boom, boom. Hey, can we use that song for every bump, please? It's fitting. We won't get blocked or banned or anything. If you Total make a, <laughs> of the heart. if you make a donation to Table Talk Radio today, do, Pastor Wolfmiller will do, quit do, singing. Do, do, do. Anyway, I got I got an article of uh, uh, eight. Don't you want to do buzzwords? Yeah, I'm telling what we're doing today first. Oh, sorry. Uh, we got an article of eight Christian leaders explaining the spiritual significance of the solar eclipse, and then also an article from Fox News <laughs> about uh, how the church wants to intervene with the North Korea nuclear situation. So that goes. I think Pastor Wolfman is trying to drum up a story, We can't story even get too. the weeds can't get the weeds pulled in the parking lot. I'm not so sure we'd be good at <laughs> fixing up the Kim Jong Un situation. I know we'd be like, we'll anyway. talk about that next council meeting. That's tabled for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh now let's do some buzzwords. What do you got there, Pastor Wolfman? Uh Thanksgiving is my buzzword for you. Thanksgiving, not oh, the holiday, that makes me but rather hungry. the activity. <laughs> it's uh I've been thinking about this quite a bit. 
how you remember this verse that where Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, make your request be made known to God. There's this, I forget all the time, this little with thanksgiving that Paul sneaks in there. But I'm starting to get the idea that that's probably the main thing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it says that we, instead of worry, we give thanks. And it's like, um, I think the picture is, you know, you've got the arena of the heart, the inner life that you got going on. And worry kind of, it, worry kind of stomps around your heart like a bully sumo wrestler, you know. Boom, punches you in the gut. Boom, punches you in the throat. Boom, you know, it's punching. Boom, boom, boom. But when we give thanks to God, thanksgiving kind of enters the ring and says to worry, bring it on, buddy. So, so when we give thanks, it, it kind of it instigates this, uh, this battle, the flesh versus the spirit. And the, and the spirit is always giving thanks to God for all of his benefits and everything like this. So, um, so I think this is an important sort of thing just for our practical life and daily living and also our prayers that we're always giving thanks to God in all circumstances. So that's going to be our buzzword today, Thanksgiving. My buzzword for you lacks any kind of sumo wrestler metaphor, so um, just kind of a humdrum rethink theological it, please. word. Yeah. You just want to, take, you want to take a little time to rethink? Maybe. You... <laughs> Maybe. I'll, I'll I, see if I can come I, up no, with You something. know what we should do? We should play a game called uh, Turn That Into a Sumo Wrestler Analogy. <laughs> no, I don't think we should. That would not be fun. Whatever All right. happened to the whole the idea that we were going to get sumo wrestlers as our logo? Remember that? <laughs> How there's pirates and there's ninjas, and we were going to be the sumo wrestlers? Yeah. Didn't I, that happen? I, I've been, I've been. You know, Jim Gaffigan was talking about sumo when we went to see Jim Gaffigan, and he was talking about sumo wrestlers. He says, you know, I was over in Japan, and everyone's there is skinny. You know why? Because if you get fat, they put you in a diaper and put you in a ring and make you run around and smash into each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a way of publicly shaming all overweight people by forcing them into sumo wrestling. That is funny stuff. There, yeah, I mean, it's funny that the only... <laughs> overweight Japanese people you find are sumo wrestlers. <laughs> I mean, it's like if you if you if you tip the scales at 200 pounds and off with your clothes on with a diaper and into the ring <laughs> and into the table talk radio metaphor uh, machine. Right. All right. That's um, right. So my my theological buzzword for you is immutability. That's uh, you know, we talk right. about the characteristics of God, the uh, attributes of a God, rather um, that uh and this one is that he is uh he's never changing. And so um Malachi three six is pretty nice on this. For I the Lord do not change, therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. And so this is a this is a wonderful promise that um the Lord is unchanging, and that is particularly nice when God makes promises. I mean remember remember in high school, Pastor Wolf in there, I'm sure, that uh you know you were you were um, you know, chasing after the the cute girl in in high school on on Monday she liked you, and then Tuesday she didn't, and then Wednesday maybe she kind of did, and then Thursday she liked you again, and then Friday didn't like you. You know, you know how that is. The, the, the on again, off again stuff. Yep, yep. That's not how God is. So you go with sumo wrestler metaphors. I go with uh, uh, high school romance metaphors. High school, <laughs> high school romance. You and Hans Feeney, man. <laughs> You know, we always had a pool whenever we, whenever Pastor Hans Feeney was hanging around here in Denver, and the pool was how fast will he get to a high school dating metaphor? <laughs> it was great, and it was it, the pool was always between like five to eight minutes. Well, I'm we're um, eight minutes into the show, so that's pretty good. 
Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. All right, so let's get started on this Ten Commandments in the Hans news. Knew that we would do that. I uh, might have just spilled a big secret. Oops. All right. Um, Nobody, so I'm sure he listens. He listens. He's he probably is a huge listener to this show. He probably gets all his info from the Federalist from our show. I bet you. Huh. He probably just takes transcripts and makes it a Federalist right. article. That's right. All right so the, the, the title of this article is, What is the Biblical Significance of the Upcoming Solar Eclipse? Eight Christian Leaders Explain. So I'm not going to go through all eight. I'm just going to pick a few. This one is from Mark Blitz. Do you know who Mark Blitz is? Uh, no. Me neither. It says, From a biblical point of view, a solar eclipse is meant as a sign from God. When there is a total solar eclipse... It is a warning to a specific nation or nations, depending on its path. Could God be giving us a warning that we need to repent or judgment will be coming to the United States? The timing couldn't be clearer. What? How? <laughs> I... What? Do you have a problem the, with this? So the timing couldn't be clearer because the timing is based on the like the motion of the sun and the moon. It's not like... It's like, whoa, there's going to be an eclipse this year? I mean, you could have calculated this eclipse like 4,000 years ago. <laughs> you could have calculated it. So what that means is since the Lord has kind of put the sun and the moon for times and seasons, that to go, that, that the Lord has also just arranged to it that that kind of our own kind of need for warning would peak at this particular point? Is that how we're supposed to? Uh, you, well, you know how these guys go. That they, they're, Their biblical prophecy has really at its center the newspaper headlines so if it's not making newspaper headlines it doesn't enter consideration of prophecy you know it's getting worse i think now because not only is it um it's not just the because now we have the whole phenomenon of clickbait you know like our radio show we got all the clickbait stuff you know you'll be shocked at what they talk about in the second segment <laughs> you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah Anyhow, now we're doing prophecy. Not we used to be. You have the newspaper in the one hand, and you got the Bible in the other hand. Mostly the newspaper, but now it's you got the it's you got the newspaper in one hand, and you got the Twitter in the other hand. So it's all clickbait sort of stuff. So it's like, what are people searching for? You can do this. You can go and say what you can look at what people are searching for, and then you go and you you write your blog stuff or your articles or your whatever based on what the what it is that people are searching for. It's crazy. Just. Crazy. Crazy, indeed. Foolish. All right. Uh, we have just about 30 seconds, so let's uh, let's take a break right here, and then when we get back, I'm okay. going to read a few more of these from the article. Uh, what is the biblical significance of the solar eclipse? Um, and then uh, we'll talk about the uh, Ten Commandments in the news after all that. You're listening to Table Talk Radio and do want to hear from you, and you can do so by going over to our, well, sending us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can give us a call toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. But do check out our website over at tabletalkradio.org where you can listen to Table Talk Radio 24-7 for all those whom you're trying to torture and uh, those who are having a hard time falling asleep and these kinds of things. Table Talk Radio 24 at tabletalkradio.org. You're listening to Table Table Talk Radio, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Hey, I was going to take care of the bump. Oh, yeah. Total eclipse of the sun. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 Are you turning it up? Yeah. Do, 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 do. Total eclipse. You're on Table Talk Radio.
Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. Total eclipse of the heart. Do 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 Miss those days. Well, you're stuck with uh-huh. us here now today, and we're doing some Ten Commandments in the news. Sorry. Uh, looking apologies. at the article, what is the biblical significance of the upcoming solar eclipse? And here's another one. You ready? Oh, yeah. Paul Bagley says, I believe Begley. it is a prophetic sign. Bagley also referenced a passage from the book of Joel, which says, The sun shall be turned to darkness. Before the day of the Lord comes, somebody sound the trumpet because the eclipse may mean we're living in the last days. Oh, yeah. Of course it does. Last days. Well, by the way, we've been living in the last days since the resurrection. <laughs> so Hebrews says, now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And Paul calls upon us those upon whom the last days have arrived. But never mind. We always want something more specific about the last days. But remember, oh, we made this point the other day with Fisk, the Fisker, on his uh, radio show, and said that if Jesus is ignorant of the day and the hour, then that make that makes being ignorant of the day or the hour a good work. Also, it makes seeking to be not ignorant of the day or the hour into a sin, which it is. So this seeking after when the last day will be is just that that in and of itself is sinful. But plus, once you get to the conclusion of it. You're also going to be sinful because any sort of guess at when the last day is, is uh, uh, it's going to be wrong. Totally wrong. So, yep. Okay. Go. I got one more for you. This okay. Is, this is from Scott Clark. You know who Scott Clark is? Nope. Me neither. Um, you've Proxy got this buff, probably. epic solar eclipse over America, and it's happening right at uh, Re- Religulus. <laughs> I don't know what that says. It's a it's a constellation. In in uh oh. in, in Leo oh, man, the this is realist oh yeah he's the, getting into the astrology this is deep yeah he goes in thing. in Leo the lion the constellation there are twelve constellations and it could happen anywhere but it's happening in the constellation of the king meaning the return of the king that's what that means oh that's of course I, everybody knows that. Uh, it's. I love how these guys, you know, the verse from Psalm 19, this heavens declare the glory of the Lord, that verse apparently means it's okay to be a witchcraft astrologer. <laughs> you know? Probably, let's just say no to witchcraft these days. Like this. Boy, I, are you that's feeling okay today? Yeah, why? Do uh, I seem sort of grumpy? No, you seem a little too calm and collected. I thought this would really get you off your rocker, but you're just kind of like, meh. I'm also formatting a book to publish on Lulu. Oh, Hope that's what it is. Distraction is the best uh, tool during Table Talk Radio. <laughs> to calm me down. Hopefully the <laughs> listeners are also distracted. We hope so. Not paying attention. <laughs> All right. For asking, though. I'm, glad you're, I'm glad you're concerned with what I'm doing over here. Oh, I am. I am. All right. I got another story for you, and I need to mute the... Wait, okay. we're done with that already? 
Well, oh, you want? Oh, you didn't do the Ten Commandments yet. Give us the Ten Commandments for that one. Okay, so number that last guy, don't be a witch. What commandment is that? The second commandment, which says you shall not uh, misuse the name of the Lord your God. We say this means that we should fear and love God, so we don't. Uh, uh, how the heck does that go? Use witch? <laughs> use satanic arts? We say it used to say use witchcraft, but now we. Or wait, what does it say now? Uh, use satanic arts or use witchcraft or. Yeah, satanic, satanic arts. arts. Satanic arts. It used to be just don't use witchcraft, and now we have to say satanic arts. I wonder how that changed. Do you know, I, I heard it, that when they were doing that translation of the 86 Catechism that they almost just took that out altogether because, like, ah, no one does witchcraft anymore. <laughs> except Weird. for pastors, apparently. Except for, yeah, except for prophecy in time predicting pastors. <laughs> Second commandment says we shouldn't do witchcraft. We yeah. don't misuse the Lord's name. Uh, in this way, uh, so for any false teaching, second commandment. Um, what was the, so? What was the theme of the first guy? Oh, oh that um, that that uh, coming over that America total eclipses are an indicate. It's like the Lord. It's like the Lord pointing his finger down. It's like whenever there's a total eclipse, he says, "Wherever this eclipse is, you guys look out." You know, it's like uh, it, it's like it's like uh, total eclipses are like uh, God's. A heavenly duck duck goose <laughs> so god the sun's going around you're fine you're fine you're fine you're fine goose you, know, you watch out so the lord is tapping us on the head and calling us goo you know the, that is just stupid that's also second commandment false teaching sometimes the moon goes in front of the sun now oh but can should we just think of this completely as like um uh, as pagans in in this uh, like uh you know like evolutionist materialist like god is saying nothing no any uh, the lord has given us the sun and the moon as times and seasons and so forth and so we're we should you know we rejoice in day and night and all this kind of thing and we pay attention when things like this happen and um uh and, and always when it, the, these sort of things are calling us to repentance so jesus remember the the tower of siloam fell on those guys and and uh and they were asking, you know, why? What, who did they? Were they worse sinners? And Jesus says, "Do you think they were worse sinners than everybody?" Else? No, but unless you repent, the same is going to happen to you. So, anytime we see disasters or signs in the heavens or whatever, it's a reminder to repent. And basically, we're always supposed to be repenting. So, any reminder to repent is going to be fine. So, is the solar eclipse a reminder to repent? Well, sure. But you know what also is a reminder to repent? A flower. When there's not a solar eclipse. <laughs> well, yeah, flower. I didn't know you were thinking about flowers now, but. I'm glad to know that. But yes, also flowers. You know, like the flowers your high school sweetheart gave you when you were. I'm just kidding. All right, look into that. Now the flower fades. That's what I, I was thinking. The biblical verse. You know, the flower fades. The word of the Lord. All flesh is grass. Yeah, grass. That'll remind you to repent. That's in, in fact that is the biblical. The Bible points us to flowers a number of times for repentance because the flowers there one minute, minute and go on the next. And you know what you do I'm with grass. Up, uh, what? You burn it. That's what the Bible says. I've never actually it, just burned a grass, but the Bible says so. The the uh, the Carrie, my beloved wife, got me a clementine tree for my birthday last year. That's pretty nice, huh? And that's a cool thing. You know the little fruit trees. Is it still and, alive? Uh, it hadn't. Yeah, it's still alive. It had not produced any fruit yet, but it bloomed at the beginning of the summer, and all these little mini tiny oranges were up there. But then, poof, they're gone. Very biblical. I have in my backyard a, a miniature plum tree, and um, the the tree's pretty high, so I can't get the ones 
Uh, at least I'm not motivated enough to get a ladder out and get the ones at the top. So the raccoons will come and grab it. So that's that's kind of a, a metaphor of of uh, the devil <laughs> stealing your plums. That's true. <laughs> raccoons in the plum tree. It sounds like a poem from Louisiana. All right, you want another story? Raccoons in the plum tree. Are you done with the Ten Commandments on this? I think so. All right. This headline says, North Korea nuclear acceleration prompts church intervention. Of course it does. As the threat of nuclear conflict escalates between the U.S. and North Korea, religious leaders are stepping into the firestorm in an urgent quest to calm the rhetoric between President Trump and dictator Kim Jong-un. Quote, the Catholic Church has been a leader against nuclear proliferation, and the Church has been able to act in different areas around the world where others can't. Christopher Hale, a fellow senior at Catholics in Alliance for the Common Good and leader for President Obama's National Catholic Outreach, told Fox News, he stressed that the church members in both the Korean Peninsula and in the U.S. have have um potential to play a key part in stopping the military escalation. Uh, I, wonder, yeah. I wonder how many Christians there are in North Korea. I'm just going to guess. It's it's probably not that many. Just I'm just guessing. I don't know. I, I, I actually have no idea if there are any Christians over there. I, I imagine it's probably illegal to be a Christian in North Korea. Can Why don't I know that? Someone who has a radio show should have do some the responsible thing and look this stuff up. Do you, you know if you can be a Christian? I don't know. Or I I I thought you were supposed to be doing show prep this time. No, my internet's down. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, yeah. Um. Okay. So that's uh, that, that's basically I, so so the the various clubs of of Catholics are trying to. Um, do something to help this um, ease the tensions between U.S. and North Korea. What do you think? Um, well, hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, what should I think about that? What do you think about that? This it probably. It, I mean, it, it's a. I don't know. It it is at first a confusion of the two kingdoms and the three estates, but they're. There might be a way to understand it rightly. Okay, so let me read this, and you can just respond to this as far as it goes. Um, Okay. As good citizens, we can remind our elected officials to pursue all possible means of diplomacy. Father Michael uh, Sleeney, a Catholic priest, uh, told Fox News, more importantly, we should not doubt the power of prayer. Okay, so. That's true. I mean, um, that's all true. That stuff right there. Other than the annoying said. phrase of power of prayer. Yeah, yeah, but uh, so it reminds me, remember Luther's War Against the Turk thing? we got to get that thing published. Maybe during the next show I'll publish that. <laughs> Luther says that you got to have two things. So it's the job of Emperor Charles V to wallop the Turks uh, to make sure that they don't destroy the cities and towns and everything else. And it's the job of the Christian church to pray. And if the church doesn't pray, then all of the military efforts come to nothing. They don't happen because the Lord's involved in this stuff. You've got to remember that. Okay, so as far as what we've had so far, we're okay. But when we get back from this break, we'll maybe read another part of this article. Should the church be getting involved with North Korea and the United States? We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
radio show. It's a relationship. Stay tuned for more Table Talk Radio. The Daily Bible Meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Total eclipse of the heart. (laughs) What's that music in the background? Sorry if you were expecting a good radio show. This is Table Talk Radio. Uh, okay, so I have... Our apologies. I that should, have, we should get our bump guy to just say, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, sorry okay, about so that. Uh, before the break, we're talking about um, Catholic Church wanting to help out in this uh, uh, this Twitter war <laughs> between uh, Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un of North Korea. And so far we heard the um, uh, Catholic priests encourage Christians to pray and to uh, remind their elected officials to pursue diplomacy. So far, so far, we agree with that, right? I, that's right. I think so. And I think we need to remember this business of that the church has a responsibility to preach to the government. We forget about that sometimes. Mm. So um, okay. we got to keep we got to keep preaching. So that's the, the estate of the church preaches to the estate of the state. All right. Now, the next line says Archbishop. Silvano Tomsi, previously the Holy See's permanent observer to the United Nations in Geneva and the reigning advisor to the Vatican's new office for internal human development, has called for dialogue and inclusive negotiations to resolve the mounting catastrophe. Quote, I, uh, the way of conflict is always the wrong way. The way forward is not that of having the latest military technology, but having an approach of inclusion. He said to Vatican oh, Radio. Boy. All right, so now who knew that? Th- this is where the ca- the Catholic Church just says, "Hey, everybody, remember we're really liberal. We didn't <laughs> used to be because because we used to believe in Bi- in the Bible and also in things like uh, just war theory. In fact, it's the um, Saint Augustine who shaped that up that gives us the and Aquinas the who refined it of, too. I mean, you would think the Catholics yeah. would want to quote Aquinas. Yes, you would think so, but no, probably not. Um, the problem is with this. I mean, so as the Catholic Church becomes pacifist, there's what what what, what starts to happen is they, you know, and so they stand against capital punishment and against nuclear proliferation and against um, kind of violence of, of every stripe. You. The, 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 nobody is for violence. There's no, I mean, maybe there might be some people who are like, who are pro-war. But that's dumb. I mean, that's, nobody's pro-war, but sometimes you gotta, uh, you gotta have the, the, you have violence to prevent more violence. In fact, that's the, that's the work of the state to bring little death to prevent big death. So Luther liked the picture of the gangrene. Remember when you get the gangrene on your finger or whatever? And the only thing you can do that your finger's dying, and but the death is spreading. So the only thing you can do is amputate. You cut it off, so that the death doesn't grow. Well, this is the the work of the sword. So you put people in jail, or you, uh, you administer capital punishment, or you go to war, or whatever, to prevent uh, more death from coming along. And uh, that is why uh, God, the Holy Trinity, has authorized the state to use the sword. Romans thirteen and so forth. And you, we can't um, 
we can come along and we should preach to the state that it should use the the sword rightly. That's what just war theory is. It's the church saying, hey, here's some ways for you guys to think about how you could use the sword in an honorable way instead of a dishonorable way. But um, to come along and say that the sword ought not be used ever, that's uh, that's different. And and then to say and to say violence isn't the way, inclusion is the way. Um, I mean that's fine in in the resurrection, you know. <laughs> but when you got a when you got a crazy like the Kim Jong Un, yeah, it, inclusion is not going to get you anywhere. It's kind of I mean, like there's no you're, you're sitting there uh, watching TV in the living room and and a, someone breaks in, burglars you know going to come and steal your stuff. And you go wait a minute. This is a house of inclusion. Why don't you have a seat? We'll watch some TV together. We can share the TV. We don't have to fight over this TV. Yeah. We'll just share it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. There's, and, and you're surprised when uh, when you there's no food in the refrigerator, and then you go to bed, and, and hey, the, the bed is also inclusive? That's a little bit awkward. <laughs> I mean, this, yes. this talk of inclusion junk doesn't work with someone who's just wanting to aim missiles at people. That's right. I like how I like how uh, everyone is always saying uh, Kim Kim Jong Un is more um, peaceful in this whole thing than President Trump is. Like, oh my goodness, what a are we? Just, we're just completely ridiculous. And it's like, you know what? You know what? There's this. There's a theological thing that happens when someone becomes your enemy. We've talked about this. <clears throat> there's like stages. So. Anger, bitterness, and an enemy. We've got to come up with a word, a, a different word for that. But when someone's <clears throat> when someone sins against you, then you're angry at them, right? And you and that justifies your own lovelessness. But that anger kind of seeks down into bitterness, and then at some point it switches over. You consider that person an enemy, and now no longer are you not motivated to do any good works for them, but now everything that they do is understood as a sin against you. So the example is always if if I'm convinced that the flammy is my enemy and he does something really nice like brings me a cup of coffee, I'm convinced that he's spat in it or he's just doing it to get on my good side <laughs> or there's some trick. You know? right, right. Even the good work is understood as a sin. And we are at that point, I think, with the media and our own President Trump is that there's nothing – I mean, there's just not anything actually good that he could do. It, there's, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, so if so, he says this, he's too tough. If he says this, he's not tough enough. If you know, if there's no where this kind of standstill point. So I think the story that you were wanting to talk about, I'm not sure if you ever found an article on it, but the 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 white supremacy riots going on. I have it. In uh, I have it right here. But, but but that was the same kind of a thing. So uh, you know, he he says that what what was going on was was terrible and, and this shouldn't happen. And they go, but he didn't point out that the white supremacists were wrong. <laughs> I was like, what do you want him to say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Now that I want to talk about you want to talk about that story? Let's do let's finish up the Ten Commandments and the news on this other one first. Okay. Um let's see. So the church wants to uh the church wants to be liberal. The church and uh, this is so, it's really bad when we get this kind of uh utopian thinking coming out of the church. I mean this this is in part asking the question what sense of the word we're using the word church right because sometimes we talk about the church as being those believers in christ and insofar as we uh, are to pray for our elected officials and and as you mentioned even well you said preach to them but uh, but you know i mean that uh citizens uh 
call their their elected officials and say, you know, you should do this in that in this situation, and they will undoubtedly, as Christians, be guided by, you know, the Bible. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So oh, so oh, there's that sense of church, but then I think you're you're responding to uh, more the um, church as a as an institution. Yeah, and. And I think there's two. So it's true. Citizens have a right to petition their rulers and so forth. That's kind of built into our law. Unless so you're in North Korea. As we speak to the state. Right. That's right. Um, uh, where you don't even have the right to eat, apparently. You know this, that like the average person in North Korea is three inches shorter than the average person in South Korea just hmm. because of malnutrition. Wow. It's just, just horrible over there. Now, imagine that... Um, Oh yeah, so we 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 can um, uh, interact with the government as citizens, but I also think, and this is what I'm kind of pushing on a little bit, is that there is a way that we interact with the with the state as Christians and specifically as church and pastors. So that in the three estates, the family, the church, and the state, that the church does have a role of preaching to the state. When we're engaged with the state, it's not simply as citizen, but it, it, it also as church. Uh, who, because we have the wisdom of God in the scriptures, so um, so the church, the preaching of the church should uh, be a check on the government. Uh, so I think that there is a way that the church can say, for example, you guys have the authority, you state have the authority to wage war, but you ought to do it according to these principles: just war. And this it would be a just war, or this would not be a just war, and so forth. That kind of declaration or d- discernment ought to be exercised by the church on behalf of the state to help the state and serve the state. So I have a little bit on, since you were asking the uh, religious state of North Korea, you want, you want to hear this? Yeah, this is, yeah. This is from Open Doors oh. USA. I know something about this because the official religion is you got to worship the Kim Jong-un. Right, yeah. yeah. you got to say that he's... Got, yeah. So once again, North yeah. Korea is ranked as the most oppressive place in the world for Christians, number one on the world watch list. In this totalitarian communist state, Christians are forced to hide their faith completely from government authorities, neighbors, and often even their own spouses and children. Due to ever-present surveillance, many pray with eyes open, and gathering for praise or fellowship is practically impossible. Worship of the ruling Kim family is mandated for all citizens, and those who don't comply, including Christians, are arrested, imprisoned, tortured, or killed. Entire Christian families are imprisoned in hard labor camps, where unknown numbers die each year from torture, beatings, overexertion, and starvation. So pretty, pretty tough place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, terrible. Now, now, does that kind of, I mean, that that abuse of just the basic humanity um, means that we ought to be doing something about this, just as human beings. And as Christians, especially, that we would pray. Pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ in, in North Korea, that they would live and their faith would endure. Yeah, indeed. All right, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we'll talk about your story, I think, from NPR about the white supremacists in Virginia. You're oh, yeah. listening to Table Talk Radio. Stay tuned. heretics were harmed in the making of this show. Well, physically harmed. 
Martin Luther says that the most common idol in all of the world is the idol of money, that we trust in it, that we fear losing it, that we think that because we have it, we're secure. Here at Table Talk Radio, we have the solution for this idolatry. Click the Donate Now button on our website, and you will support the ongoing efforts of Table Talk Radio to spread this word of God throughout the world. Table Talk Radio is listener-supported. If you would like to help with the financial needs of Table Talk Radio, just click the Donate button on our website tabletalkradio.org We're going to Germany in September. Send me an email if you want more information. bewolfmuther at gmail.com Whatever drowns out our voices. <laughs> All right, Ten Commandments in the News is the game. You're doing great so far, Pastor Wolf, but I think it's time for you to give me one. Okay, here we go. Uh, Events surrounding white nationalist rally in Virginia turned fatal. Updated August 12th. This is NPR. Three people died, and about 35 were injured in a day of violence that began with clashes at a white nationalist rally on Saturday in Charlottesville, Virginia. Governor Terry, how do you say that name? McAuliffe. McAuliffe. Man, he becomes a governor and still people don't pronounce his name right. I know, I know. I'm sorry about that. Now, I think um, I, I, I saw the stuff on Saturday that was on the, on, I mean, on Sunday afternoon on the Facebook, and it said, if your pastor does not condemn white nationalism in his sermon, then you need to leave the church. I'm like, well, I didn't, I was not paying attention. I'm just catching up on this thing. But apparently, so do you know the out, the basic outline of the news story? There was a white nationalist Yeah. So. Th- uh, Thing. Yeah, so they had a protest scheduled, um, you know, because when you do a, a public demonstration, you usually have to go get permits and things like that. So they had, yep. like, some park reserved um, to do the protest, and then anti-protesters uh, come and uh, just starts this big clash. So, so my understanding was that the anti-protesters kind of created this perimeter around the park where they were permitted to protest, and as the white supremacists would would enter the park they would be or try to go to their place of protest they would sort of have to make it through this mob which was just causing um conflict and so uh someone and i don't know on which side of this uh thing um gets in their car and just plows through a crowd of people and uh you know i don't just how many how many were injured on that uh 35 wow one one person died and then and then two, two, uh, two uh, what? State troopers were covering the event in a helicopter, and for whatever reason, their helicopter crashed. So, uh, two state troopers what? lost their lives in this event. Um, so, just I mean, oh, yeah, this is this is what it says here. It says, short time after the violence erupted, a police helicopter crashed, killing two troopers. Virginia State Police said the helicopter was assisting law enforcement officers monitoring the rally, according to the Associated Press. The Virginia State po- Police posted on Facebook that the helicopter crash and Albemarle County, where Charlottesville is located, occurred approximately 5 p.m. That didn't have anything to do with the... It wasn't caused by... Not that I know of. I don't think it was caused by protesters. It was, yeah. Mm -hmm. The the governor, speaking at a press conference, had a strong message for the white nationalist protesters. Go home. He added, you are not wanted in this great commonwealth. Shame on you. You pretend that you are patriots. You are anything but a patriot. In video posted on Twitter, a silver car with darkened windows can be seen speeding through the crowd and ramming another vehicle, sending people through the air. Whoa. 
The car goes into reverse while marchers chase it. Hmm. Crazy. Uh, I have a lot of things I think to say about this. I just, I mean, I, I, I again, I'm, I don't know exactly this whole thing, um, because then it broke out because President Trump said, uh, what uh, he said that uh, this whole thing is a mess. Yes, yeah, and that like was that. not pleasing to people because they said he's supposed to condemn directly the white nationalists. Right. So, so, so uh, some in the okay. media were saying, well. The reason he's not condemning the white nationalists is because it might attack his base. <laughs> so he's relying uh, upon the yeah, white supremacists to to get reelected, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So so the first thing we ought to say is number one, you and I and every Christian is against uh, white supremacy and white nationalism, and because we're against race altogether because we are against evolution <laughs> i mean the, we you, you know this whole mess of white nationalism comes to us um not from the bible where we learn that we are in fact all descendants of noah and all and there is only one category of humanity i mean that that, that we share a common humanity that our anthropology is established by god that every single person is created in god's image so there's no room for any sort of supremacy of a race uh, at all. It just doesn't, it just, it cannot fit with the biblical picture of humanity. Uh, it's, re, it's foisted upon the modern world by evolution. Now, it was there before Darwin, I suppose, but th- this, uh, you, so you have techno, you have, you have this kind of slavery afforded by technology and then, which is, and racial, um, but then you, that evolution comes along and Darwinism comes along and now it becomes uh, slavery uh, empowered by ideology and and evolution can hardly help but uh, become this sort of way. So so we have to stand against that in the clearest of terms. That any sort of supremacy over race, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the first thing. But then the sec- so th- that should be heard loud and clear because what I'm about to say, someone could then come along and accuse us of being sympathetic for the white nationalists. And this is not the, the, you should not be heard that way because the ideology of white nationalism is uh, is it's wrong and it's absurd. But there's a uh, uh, there is a way that um, that we see the, the 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 attempt to shut down white nationalist speech as simply a new form of blasphemy laws. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's not approved speech. And because it's not approved speech, uh, it has to be silenced. Now, I, I would say that there's a there's a, a lot of things that I would uh, I would put on the things that people ought not to say. For example, uh, people ought not to be Islamic, and they ought not to say Islamic things. <laughs> and yet, I do not want to start coming up with blasphemy laws to make it illegal for people to say those things. Right. So, uh, I, in other words, I want them to ex- I want them to be able to be said and argued against by what the content is, and not because we've decided that there's some ideologies that are so repugnant that they ought not to be allowed to be spoken. When that happens, you you're just pressure cooking the whole thing so that it's going to be it's so that it's going to explode. You so see, the, you see yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? So, so in, a, in a civil sense, we should have no business in um, silencing what people have to say because of the content of what they say. But the, the, the government has always had an interest in how one says it. 
so that there must be, say, peaceful protest. And so um, we can we can uh, judge a protest on the basis of his actions, not on the basis of what he says. Um, so 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 if I if I in the name of protest am kicking kicking um, store windows in and and setting cars on fire, obviously I'm not uh, uh, protesting in a peaceful way. So I, I need to that I need to be stopped on the basis that I'm causing vandalism. But um, I I could have I should have whatever opinion that I want about anything and be given the right to say it um, and let the, let those who have contrary views. Uh, refute me with with what they say too. Right. So just 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 to switch it around and said instead of Islam, let's just say this was a protest of, I mean instead of a, a white supremacist, it was a protest of Muslims uh, wanting Sharia law. Right. Let's just so j- just switch that around a little bit and say, ought they have? Could the governor have said, uh, go home? You are not wanted in this great commonwealth. Shame on you. You pretend you are patriots. You are anything but a patriot. You, you see, could that same thing have been spoken to a group of Muslims who were protesting, uh, asking for Sharia law in the United States? Probably I mean, not. Maybe it should have been said, but it wouldn't. You you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think we. As we enter into this kind of post-totalitarian state, where we we are all being kind of forced into a into a form of language uh, that is approved, and there are these unwritten blasphemy laws, where you know everybody says that they're against blasphemy laws, but there's blasphemy laws all over. There's things that you are not that are it's not approved speech that you're not allowed to say. We have to, I think we have to be very very careful uh, in distinguishing between the things that a some that someone says. And the kind of violent reaction against the, the kind of trigger warning, violent reaction against it. But I'm I'm afraid to take one more step. I'm afraid that the reason why the uh, the the left has to react so violently against the white supremacist talk is because because of their evolutionary ideology, they actually cannot refute it. <laughs> So that you get all of the, you you hear, see all these interviews of, of all these leftists and talk about this kind of the implicit racial bias, etc. The idea that everybody is a racist and and all these sorts of things, and you don't even know it. You're you're not even aware of it. So they'll say to some you know super liberal hippie, "Are you a racist?" And they'll say, "Well, yeah, I am. I don't even know how racist I am. It's ingrained. I, it's unaware. <laughs> it's subconscious racism and all this sort of stuff. It's crazy." Uh, so you get you um, so you get that there's this, in other words they they have no way of of because again they're evolutionists they have no way of sitting back and and saying there are not races there's just humanity because we all come from we all come from one word when God said let let us create man in our own image and male and female he created them and because they do not have that they don't have any defense so this kind of violent reaction against it i think is it's a violent reaction against the line that runs down their own conscience and so we're we're, and we're seeing this play out now what's the solution is uh i I, this is uh, the only solution is to believe what the bible says about how we got to be people I, i mean i think that's the only way out of this whole mess otherwise i mean uh, uh otherwise every Every uh, 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 story of how humanity and creation came to be is a story of violence, and it perpetuates violence. It's only when we have the confession of God speaking, let there be, and there is, 
that we can finally sort through this violence and, in fact, look at every single other human being as our neighbor and our and our brother and sister, the one in whom the who was created originally in the image of God, and that image of God means that not only ought I to um, preserve work to preserve their life, but in fact I owe them my own life in service to them in love. And what do you know? I don't have to do the Ten Commandments because we're all out of time. I would say the Fifth Commandment oh, applies here. Probably the Fifth Commandment. Yeah, I'd say <laughs> probably don't kill. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Uh, some, the, some 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 immutability. The... <laughs> Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor Total before listening to Table Talk of the Radio. Buzzword. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.